0: this is crystal and i'm gabrielle hi gabrielle hi i thought you were gonna forget <laughs> <laughs> i thought i was gonna forget too welcome back to alternative interests welcome i don't think i have any business today i have to think about it she didn't you didn't tell me that we had business no but i've also not had a brain this whole week like this whole yeah. week has just disappeared
1: if anybody's had a brain this week Please share it with the most of us, all the millions of us
0: who haven't had a brain this week. Yeah. I I completely lost this entire week. Same. And I'm going to blame the new moon. Was it a new moon or a full moon? I think it was full moon. We're going to blame the moon. In Aries? Aries.
1: Aries. Or maybe that's one that's coming up. Anyway, I'm blaming Mars. Wait, I think that's over. <laughs>
0: yeah, that was a while ago. <laughs> anyway... Um. Um, Today, we are going to continue our celebration of spooky season, and I have a (gasps) Halloween-themed story for us today. Yes, Halloween. Yep. So, I'm sure all of us know about the the urban legend that our parents always tell us about, the razor blades and candy, and like, you know, when you go trick-or-treating, your parents, when you get home, they're like, you can't eat anything until we check it. We got to make sure it's safe. I mean one time, but that's
1: because the neighborhood I lived in kids actually got candy laced with something.
0: <laughs> so that doesn't <laughs> actually that doesn't actually happen very often. Yeah. And you know, those stories always come from somewhere. Like yeah. we wouldn't have this story of poison candy or <laughs> tampered candy unless it had happened at some yeah, point. Yeah. No, that makes sense. So I'm actually going to tell you the story of where most people think this urban legend comes from. What?
1: Yep. This actually comes from something? It wasn't just something that my parents
0: used to eat my candy? (laughs) Nope. Oh. So today we are going to talk about a man named Ronald Clark O'Brien. And he has three first names. Yeah. So we already know he's shady. I was going to say, that's a shady thing. Yep. (laughs) And uh, he became known as the man who killed Halloween.
1: Wow. That's worse than killing Christmas.
0: <laughs> it is. He's not a Grinch. Like, he's worse than a Grinch. He's worse. I guess in when he was in prison, he was also known as the Candyman. But there's a serial killer named Dean Coral who's actually known as the Candyman. So, I was
1: going to say, I was like, I thought the Candyman was a serial killer.
0: Yeah. Okay. So... And there's only one place I saw that were like, yeah, he was the Candyman. I'm like, I don't want to call him the Candyman, so we're not going to. I think the the man who killed Halloween actually sounds cooler. Yeah, it's more original. Yeah, not used. So we are going back to, and surprisingly, the story really isn't that old. So we're going back to October 31st, 1974. Oh, so not 1974. Okay, not super old. Like I you mean, would, th- I would th- when I think of urban legends, I think of like. 1800s early 1900s yeah
1: but you'd have to think like when halloween started being a thing with the whole camino candy and stuff i don't know how far that c- goes back farther back than the 70s uh, well you know never mind
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh so we are going to go to deer park texas which is actually it's a suburb of houston so oh, we're talking yeah. like way down south texas. okay cool 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 the o'brien family Went to go spend time at their friend's, the Bates family's home. Mm -hmm. On Halloween, they uh, decided to have dinner at their house. So the Bates lived in Pasadena, Mm -hmm. which is also kind of a suburb of Houston. They're both pretty nice areas. Ronald and Jim, the father of the Bates, decided that the two of them were going to be the ones to take the kids out trick-or-treating. Okay. So... Ronald has an eight-year-old son named Timothy and mm-hmm. a five-year-old daughter named Elizabeth. Jim had two kids. The names of those two kids are actually aren't listed anywhere that I could find, um, mm. but they were eight and 11. Okay. So it's obvious that these two families, because they both had eight-year-old boys, yeah. but that's probably how they but, became friends is yeah. those two. Two
1: friend boys. Friend, friend boys. boys two boys that were friends <laughs>
0: yep. so the way that they decided this would work was that jim would wait at the end of the driveway mm-hmm. and ronald would walk with the kids up to the door oh that's smart yeah so kind of um watching yeah. them for both sides i think yeah. it's a really smart way to do it or jim just didn't want to get his steps in i don't know <laughs> but that's how they were doing it. yeah and I,
1: I mean i feel it's not necessary for both Parties to go up to the door. I mean, you could take turns. You can, I mean, going up to the door, but I don't feel like both of them.
0: I don't think so either. That's a lot of people to crowd around one door because you talk about four kids plus an adult and then you get another adult up there. It's too many. Also, I feel like if I was handing out candy and two men were with a bunch of kids, I'd be a little alarmed. Right. I'd be like, why are there two? One man, not a big deal because they need an adult or at least an older kid. And typically, the man goes out because they're going out when it's yeah. dark. It just makes sense for safety reasons. But if I had two men at my door, I'd, I'd be feel like... I'd
1: a little concerned, like, unsafe. I'd be like, Are No you? candy for you. I was going to be like, I feel like I'm about to get mugged right now. Yeah. Will you
0: rob me? Please
1: don't. There's children right here. Just
0: take the whole bowl. <laughs> um, yeah. So, everything was going fine. And they ended up going to one house that had kind of this little... No, it's like block- wall that kind of blocked the door.
1: Oh, no, I hate those houses.
0: It's actually really popular architecture in Texas, at least that area. I still don't like to it. To have like the door protected. It's um either by a big wall of hedges or like a big tree or like a lattice fence. It's really common to have the door kind of closed in. Yeah, I still don't like it. So Ronald, they did their thing. Ronald okay. took the kids up there. They rang the doorbell Mm -hmm. kids being kids on Halloween. No one answered the door like right away. So they ran back down to Jim at the end of the driveway. Yeah. Ronald lagged by a couple seconds. And after a couple seconds, he comes around from behind this little wall and he's holding five pixie sticks. And he he said that the owners of the house had opened the door right after the kids had run away and they had just like handed him some of these like here these are for your kids okay so uh ronald hands them out he gives one to each of the children which leaves him with one left and he just kind of shoved it in his pocket and walked around eventually it started to drizzle in in that area of texas a drizzle can turn into a flash flood and a lightning storm really really (laughs) fast
1: that's amazing
0: so, I mean, it's really scary to get caught out in. I mean, yes. It's really cool because the rain comes down so heavy. Yeah. And it's great to be like watching the rain pouring with the lightning and yes. stuff. But also you don't want to be caught outside yeah. in that. So it starts to drizzle. And so the men decide to take the kids home earlier than they had originally yeah. planned. But that's okay. It's raining. And so they went back to the Bates house. Mm-hmm. A little while later, the, they decided call it a night. Ronald and his wife take the two kids home. Yeah. His wife goes to a friend's house. I'm not really sure why, but like... Friend's house. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know. There's not a whole lot because the wife doesn't play into this much. It was okay. just... I think it was... it. The only reason they mentioned the wife went to a friend's house is because the wife wasn't home when, this when all of this happened. Okay. And it was just to explain, you know, people are like, well, what about the wife? We're like, oh, she was at a friend's house.
1: Okay. We had to push her away, so...
0: Yeah well she has to be gone somewhere somewhere it just explains why she wasn't a part of this yeah so you know typical normal thing for Halloween night after trick-or-treating Ronald tells his kids that they can have one piece of candy each and then they have to go to bed oh I mean that's pretty normal I feel like I mean sure. (laughs) <laughs> i don't know i feel like it's completely normal that, like the night of halloween yeah kids then, are already hopped up on all the energy yeah. you're like you don't need any more it's already late because they've been out trick-or-treating so yeah. like, you get one piece of candy
1: that one. makes sense that would probably have been better than what you grew up with yeah <laughs> yeah we would sort out our candy yeah and then uh trade it amongst me and my siblings like we would all yeah. try it yeah and then or my dad would be all like hey I he would need- take the parent tax yeah <laughs> and he'd be like oh this one looks funny so i had to like try it or like there actually sometimes would be like weird like candy and like different yeah. wrappers that weren't normal yeah. and so my mom would always take those ones out of our bags and stuff well like out of our stacks right
0: but after all of that your parents are like okay you can have one piece and then go to bed
1: Oh, no. They, I, I think I eat like half my candy every time. Oh, jeez,
0: <laughs> Responsible parents. I don't I've heard it like it seems perfectly normal to me. It, it does seem normal because I've heard it so many times yeah. like you get one or two. Just yeah. it's you put a limit on it and then every day forward like you get to choose a piece or two of candy. I
1: have seen that happen way more than what I grew up with. That's yeah. why I'm like, yeah, that seems normal. I mean, for, for like
0: the two years I was allowed to trick or treat. That's how we did it. You poor thing. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't allowed to trick or treat past the time I was like eight or nine, something like that. Yeah. Maybe even before then it was probably more like five or six.
1: I was trick and treat
0: until I was like 12. <laughs> yeah. I was not allowed to. It was the devil's holiday. Good. So <laughs> Timothy decides okay. that he's going to eat the pixie stick and oh no to give you an idea of like pixie sticks back then are not the same as pixie sticks now so pixie sticks mm-hmm. now are those really skinny paper tubes yeah back then they were like these big plastic tubes like big plastic tubes so if timmy wants the most bang for his buck he's, he's going gonna... to take this giant tube of sugar
1: yeah okay
0: cuz you're know, like you said one piece look at that it's one
1: piece <laughs> i'm going to be up all night dad
0: yeah <laughs> Well, uh, actually, that doesn't end up happening. Timothy takes a mouthful. He kind of complains that it's a little bit bitter. And his dad is like, "Okay, well, here's some Kool-Aid to wash it down. Why don't you go to bed? Oh, no. Within minutes, uh, Timothy is running to the bathroom vomiting. (gasps) And the vomiting quickly turns into convulsions. So Ronald calls 911 and he says that his son ate poison candy Uh uh-huh and thankfully this is like the luckiest he could have ever been an ambulance was actually in the area anyway so Uh they got there within like a couple of minutes this is a folklore right (laughs) no this is like this is actually actually happened happened? oh my god okay this is not an urban this is like the actual story wow okay so an ambulance just got there like right away because Um, I don't know if you know, but in ambulance, when they're not actively transporting patients, they'll kind of choose a place to hang out and then they'll move every now and then. So they'll they'll hang out in one area for about an hour. They'll move a couple blocks down and hang out there for like an hour. Yeah. Or if they're between uh, transporting, they'll kind of travel through areas. If they want to get food, they'll like stop and grab food and they'll be eating in the car. So they just really lucky they were really close by. They get him to a hospital, and it's determined that Timothy had eaten the pixie chick, and that the candy was laced with cyanide.
1: Oh, no. Really sad. That is... Do they, like, get it out of his system?
0: Well, so they found uh, cyanide in Timothy's blood, and they also found it in fluid from his stomach. Oh, the poor amount baby. of cyanide in his blood was way over a no. fatal dose for an adult. <gasps> So Baby. Timothy died.
1: No, what?
0: really sad asshole. So I'm mad. You should be mad. You know what will make you more mad. No. Ronald took out life insurance on his two kids legitimately right before Halloween. I
1: hate this man.
0: You should hate this man. Lots of people hate this man.
1: <laughs> he ruins Halloween. And you know, killed children.
0: On top of that, so. You might think it's a little weird. Where was the wife in all of this? Yeah. As I was reading this, my my thought was like, how often do you see that a woman devises a plan and like talks the man into carrying it out for her? Uh huh. Apparently, the wife did not know about these life insurance policies, so that's
1: kind of weird. But I mean, I'm more understandable. I'm pretty sure she wouldn't be too thrilled
0: about right. Killing her so. Children the whole family actually had life insurance policies yeah and the the children did have life insurance on them before this but it was like way smaller right before halloween ronald increased it to $40,000 each see
1: aren't there like rules on life insurance where it has to like take a while before it actually is in effect
0: Right, because remember we were talking about this with the Randy Roth case. How yeah, there was like that ninety-day period or something before. Yeah, um and his wife died at like ninety-one days after. They yeah, purchased. that's. Um,
1: I mean, maybe those are new laws because of all these.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, and think about that. Randy Roth was in the '90s, and this we're yeah. talking about the '70s. That um, makes sense. I will have to. I listened to a podcast recently about life insurance. And how insanely easy it was to get life insurance when life insurance was first kind of starting to be a thing. That makes sense. It was like people just sold them like candy. It was like, you want mm-hmm. a life insurance plan? Here's a life insurance plan. It was like Oprah. Like everybody <laughs> gets a life insurance plan. Like, yeah. Oh my God. Look under your chair. There's life insurance. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's literally how it was. It was super cheap. And people had like multiple life insurance plans when this was new. I don't remember how many years before this this yeah. was, but the rules slowly got honed down. So at this yeah. point, it's probably still really easy. Probably
1: because people were dying left and right afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think,
0: shouldn't laugh I think that. I even heard there was like a post-mortem life insurance plan that like you could claim after someone died. That, what? Yeah. That's death I, insurance. I, I, I could be. <laughs> I mean, there are death insurance benefits.
1: Well, yeah, but that's a death insurance plan.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I could be completely wrong, but I swear I remember something about that. Okay. So I couldn't find an exact date when Ronald had increased these insurance plans. Probably recently, though. Well, one news source actually said mid-October. So like really right before Halloween.
1: I was going to say he probably was like, I want this money. When can I get it? You know what? I can poison my children on Halloween. Easy, peasy, lemon squeezy.
0: Right, but he's like...
1: This is why those hedges should not be a thing.
0: Cutting real close. Real close. Yeah. He just thought of it. Apparently. Actually, he did just think of it. (laughs) Ronald was well known in the area as an insurance scammer. Of course. So it took them like zero seconds to look at him as a suspect. Good. Police started investigating this and he was quickly charged with the murder of his son. It turned out that the night of Halloween, when he was telling his kids, like, oh, pick one piece of candy. Yeah. He was actually really pushing his son to eat the pixie stick. Are you serious? Yeah. So it wasn't that Timothy kind of chose it. It was, Timothy, why don't you eat this one? Eat this one.
1: That's so, like, messed up. He, like, chose his child to eat this
0: and die. Yep. And he picked out Timothy. (laughs) Yeah. But also remember, four other kids got pixie sticks. Because when they got back to the Bates house, a couple more kids came up to the door trick-or-treating. And he gave that last pixie stick to one of those kids. (gasps) So his friend's two children have these poison candy. This one random boy has poison, boy, girl, whatever, has poison candy. And his daughter has poison candy what they need to find that extra kid thankfully they found all the kids okay good and timothy was the only one to actually eat it no thankfully. Timothy. really sad thankfully he was the only one to eat it all the other kids were found and the pixie sticks got taken away before they could eat it good um investigators uh said that ronald based on like interviews with everyone after everything was said and done investigators said ronald was so insistent and making sure that his son was the only one that ate the pixie stick that actually when they got back to the bates house the bates children started like eating their candy the 11 year old uh the eight year old son of jim started trying to eat his pixie stick Ronald actually, like, leapt over a coffee table to, like, smack it out of his hand so he wouldn't eat it. I don't know why no one thought that was weird. I was going to say, if somebody did that to my child, I'd be like, excuse me,
1: why can't he eat his pixie stick? Right. And be like, well, we don't know what's in it. And it's like, then we're taking all the pixie sticks.
0: Right. I don't know why no one thought that was weird. Maybe Ronald was just weird. (laughs) Maybe he was just a manic person. Maybe. I don't know. No
1: justification for slapping so, like can- candy out of a kid's hand. Right. On Halloween.
0: With all these adults around, you'd be like... Yeah. You okay, dude?
1: Yeah. That's weird. Okay. The, Continue.
0: Okay. So the freakiest <laughs> thing that I saw was the 11-year-old boy yeah. that had received the pixie stick. Remember the eight-year-old? Yes. He's the one that he prevented from eating it. The 11-year-old, I guess, after they left, had tried to eat it, Uh but it was sealed with um, a staple, and he couldn't get the staple off to eat it. He ended up, when they went to go get the pixie stick from this boy, he was found in bed holding the pixie stick. Okay. What? Wait,
1: because he couldn't get the pixie stick and he wanted it?
0: No, no. Remember the 8-year-old is the one that they prevented from eating it the 11 year old brother it was sealed with a staple he couldn't pull the staple out himself so he just i don't know i'm imagining the eight year old can't have his he's all upset why does the 11 year old get to have his why can't i have it that's kind of what i'm picturing so the 11 year old was found in bed like holding his pixie stick that's
1: weird though
0: But also really freaky because like look how close he got to eating it.
1: Yeah. I guess I'm focusing on the wrong thing where I'm just like who sleeps with candy? (laughs) Children.
0: Oh. Children sleep with candy.
1: Okay. Okay. Continue with the story.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So some of the evidence. Man, the prosecutors got a lot of evidence. (laughs) I wonder why because this was very not well planned out. So first of all. The O'Briens were in some pretty bad debt. They actually had to sell their house to try and cover some of this debt. Okay. Ronald was bragging to his coworkers that his financial situation was going to have a miraculous recovery very oh soon.
1: my God. What?
0: <laughs> right.
1: Very, very shady.
0: Because is- like, first of all, who openly talks about their financial struggles like that?
1: I definitely don't.
0: <laughs> right. Like, I I get maybe asking people for, like, budgeting advice. And, like, by them asking that question, you're like, okay, you probably have some problems. Let's. Yeah. But, like, you don't talk about how you're going to have a quote-unquote miraculous recovery in your financial situation. That's weird. I'd be like
1: who are you killing for this (laughs) yeah
0: what are you inheriting is your uncle dying or yeah rich prince from nigeria what (laughs) so the next piece of evidence i actually saw mixed reports because some places say it was a customer of his and other places say he was going to school and it was a professor of his Mm. but either way Ronald was talking to a professor from the Harris County Community College. Yeah. He was asking this teacher how much poison it would take to kill various Excuse animals. Excuse me? Yeah. He is
1: not Just being very casually. sly. No.
0: You almost might think, okay, maybe depending on his, his job, maybe this naturally came up. He was an optician. Oh, my God. Yeah. No. Apparently, in the course of this conversation, he was like particularly interested in cyanide. And he was asking this professor where the professor thought he could buy it.
1: Dude, he's not slick. Not
0: at all. <laughs> his coworkers, again, Ronald has no chill because he starts asking his co-workers where they think he can get some cyanide. You, you know,
1: maybe you should just, like, find a way to look it up and stop asking people you know. Oh,
0: well, they didn't have internet back then.
1: You know what? There's other ways to find in sneaky alleys that you can go in to ask, hey, got some
0: cyanide? Well, so he starts trying to get a little more creative. He has a friend who works for the Arco Chemical Company, and he tried to get cyanide from his friend.
1: Oh, my God. He's so dumb
0: there yeah um he finally gets a little a little smarter not much smarter a little smarter a witness came forward and said that ronald went into this wholesale chemical store where ronald probably should have started his search for the cyanide you you would think um and the witness said that ronald came in asking about cyanide
1: and also, why does was he so fixated on cyanide? There's a million other things you can kill somebody with.
0: Right. I mean, if he's really that intent on killing his children, there are tons of cleaning chemicals that you just... That could accidentally... Pour in their milk.
1: We're really dark right now. Okay.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry, but like, I... We are really dark. <laughs> I was just... As we are talking but, about. But also, like, the fact that he's trying to get cyanide. I don't know why he's so focused on cyanide.
1: Maybe it's the only thing he thought that would work. And maybe it's in the um, insurance plan where cyanide's, like, covered.
0: Or maybe it's the fact that that's a really shady insurance plan. It's like, <laughs> death by cyanide is covered by this insurance. I'd be like, well, I'm getting me some cyanide. But
1: death by bleach is not.
0: <laughs> I don't think so. Um <laughs> so this wholesale chemical store, they only sell wholesale quantities. Okay, it makes sense. Yeah. He didn't need a, a barrel of cyanide. Because that's a little suspicious. Just a little.
1: I mean, he could have gone on killing a lot more people, though.
0: He only needed the, insu- the money from the insurance policies for his children. Okay. He wasn't a serial killer. He just needed money. True. But he could have been a hitman that killed by cyanide. Yeah. He was not thinking this through.
1: Yeah, man. I would have went with Hitman over killing my own children.
0: He asked, he asked this person at the wholesale place, oh my where God. can I buy, like, less? I only need a little cyanide. Can you make this any more obvious that you're trying to kill someone? Well, he also did, like, nothing to try and hide the evidence in his house because they found a knife that had... um the pixie stick crystals on it still he didn't even wash the damn knife because um these these thick plastic tubes you have to cut the top off he he used that to cut the top off the little bits of plastic that he had cut off he didn't even throw them away because the police found them
1: i'm so angry at him i mean if i feel hate me if you must but if you're gonna do it do it right
0: (laughs) I don't know if there is a right way to do this. I mean,
1: not this way. I mean, somewhat try to act like you care a little bit, mi- uh, like care a little bit to not get caught.
0: But also, like watching him and how like lazy he is about this, I totally understand why he's in debt.
1: I know. You don't give a shit. He doesn't, and he thought this would work. He's an idiot. The jury found
0: him guilty. Oh, <gasps> really? No way. It took them an hour. Oh wow. I feel like feel like i heard somewhere recently that there's like a minimum amount of time that a jury has to deliberate <laughs> um because like you're actually so it's actually a rule in most places yeah that uh, when you're on a jury you are not allowed to take a vote at the beginning So okay. like you're not allowed to go into the room and be like let's take a vote is he guilty or not because you're tec- you have you're to supposed look. to go in and look at all the evidence yeah so that probably going through the evidence man's guilty <laughs> he was sentenced to death about an hour after that Good. So this was real quick wow so we're talking about a death sentence case that means there are mandatory habeas corpus appeals yuck i read through the appeal i'm
1: actually ready to start laughing so
0: <laughs> it's this don't be ready to start laughing because this is more interesting oh. than it is funny so,
1: I thought he would come up with ridiculous reasons
0: not well, to die. <laughs> well, most of it was the standard ineffective counsel, but um, there's one really, really interesting thing that I have never heard of before. Okay. So, I read through this entire, so it was um the appeal write-up and then Uh the judge's review at the end and some of the prosecutor's response because when the appeal goes in, the prosecution team looks at it, they respond to everything that the defense says and then both things are submitted to the the judge and then the judge overlooks everything. Mm -hmm. And the judge makes a ruling on each point because they, they make multiple points. Yeah. So it was... I, I actually took it and I copy pasted it into a Word document because I want to know how long this was because it was a long it was 33 pages what single uh, not double spaced single spaced Ew. eight point font that's way too long uh, that's that sounds about standard to me no it was a lot of reading. But the <laughs> the one thing that stuck out to me was this thing called a Witherspoon issue. Witherspoon issue? Um, anytime case law is presented in an appeal, it's referred back to the first time it was ever used. So in this case, it refers back to a case in 1968 of Witherspoon versus Illinois. Okay. And that's where this precedent is from. All right. So... In order to tell you what the Witherspoon issue is, I'll kind of explain how they used it in this case. So basically, you know, when you go to... Have you ever served jury duty?
1: No, I haven't actually.
0: Okay. I have twice. It's fun. Well, we like true crime, so we think it's fun. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, when you go and you uh, get selected from the jury pool to go into... um, They call it voir dire. Yeah. Basically, the prosecution and the defense ask each potential juror questions mm-hmm. and I think it changes from case to case, but the prosecution and the defense both have a certain number of vetoes. Okay. So the judge will actually go through first and ask everybody, does anybody have a reason they can't be here? School, pregnancy, people will raise their hand. They'll say, I have this. My first time on jury duty, I was working. Um, I was a seafood manager for Safeway and, mm-hmm. And it was like two weeks before Christmas. Really busy time for retail. Yeah. And they went through and they asked us, does anybody have a reason not to be here? So I raised my hand. I was like, I have work. Just like everyone else. They're like, yeah, that's not a good enough reason. (laughs) Really, really funny. The produce manager from my store and me served on the same jury that year.
1: Oh, my God. My store
0: manager was so pissed that is so funny though he was like both of you were too dumb to get excused i'm down two managers two weeks before (laughs) he was so angry
1: Uh, that's so funny though how did that happen i don't know that is like you're like the store manager is the least luckiest person in the world. Apparently.
0: <laughs> it was a really interesting case. Yeah. I actually wanted to do a an episode on that case. Oh, okay. Maybe I'll I'll tell a quick story sometime because I actually recently tried to look it up. There's not enough information for a full case on this. Okay. Which kind of made me sad because it was so interesting. But basically, so during Voidier for this trial. There was a man that was excused from serving on the jury. Basically, mm-hmm. the prosecution said, you know, we don't want this guy on the jury. Yeah. This man was a minister. And during voir dire, he said that he was morally opposed to the death penalty because they knew it was going to be a possibility in this case. Okay. They asked them, do you agree with the death penalty? And he said no. And so they said, OK, maybe you don't agree with the death penalty. Could you personally vote For the death penalty. And this man actually very specifically says he would vote against it because he's so morally opposed to the death penalty. So Texas state law at that time, the jury doesn't actually decide on the sentencing. The judge does. All the jury does is... Is when you go into deliberations, they usually have a set of questions for you. And depending on your answers to these questions, it determines what they're guilty of. Mm -hmm. So you don't actually say they're guilty of first degree murder. You say, yes, they're guilty of causing this person's murder. Yes, they're guilty of premeditation. Mm -hmm. And answering these questions fits into what they're guilty of. Okay. So in this case... They were going to ask the jury two questions. They were going to ask them, one, had the defendant caused the death of his son?
1: Oh, no. And two,
0: had the defendant, if the defendant is a threat to reoffend. So those were the two questions that the jury was going to be asked. Okay. So they asked this man, could he honestly answer those two questions? Like. Could you answer yes or no? Would you automatically say no? Would you automatically say yes? The man yeah. was like, I think after hearing all the evidence, I could honestly answer both those questions without bias. They're like, okay, great. Oh, and he was biased
1: about it, wasn't he? No, no. Oh, good. So
0: this is during the questioning at the very beginning. Okay. After asking this man those two questions, the prosecution w- said, uh, we're going to excuse, his name was Wells. We are going to excuse juror Wells for cause. So the man gets excused from the jury panel. I th- it's not explicitly stated on record, but it's implied that because this man is morally opposed to the death penalty, he cannot serve on a death penalty case. That makes sense. The defense claimed that no one clearly explained to this man that there was a connection between him answering those two questions and the judge sentencing the man to death.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and they said that because this connection wasn't explicitly spelled out for the man he was excused too early uh i mean sure you're thinking about that and you're like well he was opposed to the death penalty so they excused him why would it matter like he would be more likely to be excused if they spelled out this difference yeah right yeah Apparently this exact same thing happened recently in Texas state. Mm -hmm. So the defense referred to it. It was actually, I didn't say what year, but it was Cuevas versus state. And it was during Voidir, Basically the same thing happened. This man comes forward, says I'm morally opposed to the death penalty. I would vote against it. What happened was that in that case, they very clearly laid out that if you answer these questions then the judge has to say he's guilty of this and the judge has to sentence him to death mm-hmm. and the the juror said i could still answer the questions they're like you understand that you answering these questions means he dies He's like, yeah, but I'm not the one actually saying the words. Oh my god. That's that's what this man De- said. Details. But you're basically doing it. See, but this guy, I think his opposition was being the one I don't I think he didn't want to be the one that said, You are sentenced to death. I am sentencing you to death. Yeah. All he's saying is that in my opinion, you did do these things. And that difference Okay. Made it so that he was he said he didn't have a problem with it. Okay. (laughs) So the defense says that because they didn't ask the man and they didn't ask Dur Wells these questions, he may have felt the same way and he may have been perfectly able to serve on the jury. So they were trying to declare a mistrial because the prosecution was cherry picking their people. Cherry picking when I'm pretty sure the man would have been like,
1: Yeah, sure, he's guilty. He killed a child. Right. And had intent to kill other children because he
0: filled more than one Big Z stick. But knowing that me saying he killed the child means he dies, that's why the prosecution took him off. The defense is saying this has happened in the past, this exact same thing, and that person said he was fine. So the defense argued because this person wasn't sufficiently questioned, essentially. The, The prosecution didn't ask him enough questions. That he should have been able to do his duty properly. And if the jury had been different, perhaps their client would not have been found guilty. Okay. The prosecutors responded to this and they said that they they laid out the connection pretty clearly, they thought. They thought that the way they asked questions made it easy for a normal person to deduce, I answer these questions, yes, the judge says he gets the death penalty. Mm -hmm. so they were like if the defense wasn't happy with our questioning the defense is there with us like we're asking questions at the same time yeah if they thought more questions needed to be asked they should have asked them
1: snaps (laughs) yeah basically called out (laughs) yeah do your job the first time around we wouldn't be here (laughs) essentially
0: Uh, so Again, this was a lot of um, reading, a lot of reading, and there's a lot of legal speak in there. There's a lot of like I had to skim through paragraphs because it would be like in the section verse one. It would be like, oh, yeah, I had to skip over all of that. So I may have misinterpreted this. I know that the, the appeal was denied. Yeah. I think that the conclusion that the. The conclusion that the judge came to was that the witherspoon issue didn't even exist. Oh. Because it was not officially stated on record that the juror was excused for a witherspoon issue. <laughs> so, <laughs> so when when the prosecutor said yeah. to excuse this guy, all he said was to excuse the juror for cause. Yeah. They're not actually required to explicitly state the cause mm-hmm. unless their questioning doesn't make it seem normal. Like that makes sense. though. Over the course of your questioning, it becomes apparent why you're excusing them. Mm-hmm. If you're excusing them for some other reason um, for a veto, for instance, yeah. because a veto is different than disqualifying a juror. Yeah. Each prosecutor and defense. Um, when I went through this, the prosecutor in defense had six vetoes, no matter what. Like, if they they didn't like that I had my nose pierced, they could veto me. Okay. Interesting. For no reason. But they have to state that on the record, that juror Crystal is excused for a veto. Okay, So in this case, all they said was that juror Wells is excused for cause. Okay. So it was actually the judge that... The judge said, "You know, it was never explicitly stated he was excused for a Witherspoon issue." Mm-hmm. So I'm denying the appeal.
1: You know what? Good, because that was a stupid reason. <laughs> I thought it was really interesting. It's interesting,
0: but stupid. It, I mean, it's dumb. They they get anything they can yeah. in these habeas corpus. I mean,
1: appeals. I'm really proud of them for thinking of it.
0: Right. Good job. Guys. And I just I wanted to include it because one, this episode is really short, but also two I have never heard anyone on any podcast talk about a Witherspoon issue. So I just yeah. thought listeners would be interested to know some That's of these thing. appeals things. And it's it's really yeah. interesting. I find it like appealing
1: cases like send, well, like those kind of things mm-hmm. is really interesting because you think they would cover everything in the beginning. But then, you know, something slipped through the cracks or something happens that's happened before. So they can like
0: be like, wait a second. Or in a lot of cases, if the judge doesn't allow something into trial that they yeah. really wanted, they'll actually appeal because of that. too. Yeah. So it's something that actually did exist before. But now they're arguing that it could have changed the whole course of and things I, if the judge had not.
1: I was going to say, and I just find that really interesting. Yeah. And so because sometimes it does.
0: Yeah, sometimes it does i mean there's people who are wrongfully convicted all the time and these appeals really help them yeah and that's why we have them Mm -hmm. so ronald was executed by lethal injection on march 31st 1984 should have gave him cyanide (laughs) lethal injection i mean got a whole cocktail in there
1: i really just wanted him to throw up all of his entrails
0: yeah, but that's uh, cruel and unusual punishment. They're no, that's what
1: he that. did. That's what he did to his kid. So really sad.
0: His last statement, I didn't write it down because I didn't want to quote him because he's just an asshole. Essentially, he said that he should not be there, and people were making a mistake, and he forgave them.
1: He's an asshole. Yeah. I didn't want to quote
0: it because he's an asshole. But essentially he said that he shouldn't have been there. And people were making mistakes putting him there. It was awful. Yeah. He sounds just like a selfish,
1: narcissistic.
0: And like zero remorse that he killed his own son. Like you you don't feel bad. At all. At all. Like
1: now your wife has to suffer because she married an idiot. Not just that. But her kid also died in the process. That
0: right. She actually testified against him in his good.
1: I'm so happy for that. Yeah. I feel so, so bad often, for her. I
0: mean, you cannot force a wife to testify against a husband. It's oh, yeah. not constitutional and you're not allowed to. But she was like, yeah, I'll testify against him. I was
1: going to say, isn't it like if you get married or you are married to the person? Yeah. They they can't put you guys against each other. Right. Yeah.
0: That's why some people actually get married, so they can't testify against <laughs> each other.
1: But. Understandable, but, I mean, come on. Yeah. When you know they're just a horrible person. Yeah.
0: So, she did good. Yeah. Really sad. I didn't... I I wanted to look up and see where she was now, but... You know what? I didn't... Get th- her name wasn't mentioned anywhere, so and you know her last name is different now yeah so privacy purposes maybe she wants
1: nothing to do with this i would want nothing to do with it either i wouldn't want to do anything with the man who destroyed halloween yeah the man who killed halloween you suck and i hope you're rotting somewhere
0: Yeah, take a, you know, my favorite thing um, Ash says from Morbid is rest in distress. (laughs) Rest in distress? I love that so much. Yes.
1: (laughs) Uh, I hope you're not even resting. I hope you're just utterly anxiety attacks every day. (laughs)
0: Restless leg syndrome in distress. (laughs) Yes. For all eternity. For all
1: eternity. That'd be kind of funny though to see a body. And I hope you have chronic dry eye.
0: Oh my god, that's the worst.
1: <laughs> I didn't know how dry my eyes were until I just start wearing contacts. Well
0: wearing contacts actually makes them really
1: dry too. I know, it's really bad. Anyway. Yeah. That was that was interesting. Good to know.
0: Yeah, so that is I I guess one of the articles I read actually mentioned that because of this whole issue with the poison pixie sticks, um, A lot of kids, like there was issues for years in the, the whole like Houston area, yeah. and, like the suburbs of like people being afraid that their kids candy was poisoned.
1: I would be afraid too.
0: Yeah. So that's that's one of the reasons he's named the man who killed Halloween, because Halloween for years after that, yeah. no one really felt safe.
1: Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I forgive my parents for taking all my weirdly wrapped candy now
0: yeah they should <laughs> uh,
1: I always thought it was just a joke, no, but
0: tampered candy and like people who like home pack their own stuff, yeah, also the whole germs thing, especially with covid right now, there are some like trunker treats going on still. Mm-hmm. I know people want to be cute and like pinteresty, but leave it in the original packaging.
1: I mean, you can do stuff over the original yeah. packaging, um just also. As cute.
0: I'm sure everyone listening to this podcast knows this, but no one's going to give your kids edibles. That shit's expensive. It really is.
1: And we're in one of the states
0: that it's like legal. Yeah. So, I mean. I can't imagine how expensive it is to try and like import it in from in like states where it's not legal yet. Yeah. It's crazy. No one's giving your kids that stuff.
1: No. And if they do, they're dumb. Like, I'm just saying that. Yeah. Like, no.
0: Although, I mean, it could be, like, one of those houses where they give out the king-size candy bars because they're rich.
1: Oh, yeah, true. But they're giving out king-size candy bars. Yeah, not the <laughs> They don't want to give away that tiny stuff. They need to show they have the money. Yes. <laughs> and you do that by
0: buying king-size candy bars. Yep. I remember one specific house that did that. And everyone was like, that's the house with the king-size candy bars. <sighs> Extra. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for listening. Be safe. Yep. Uh check out our Instagram. At alternative interest podcast. hmm Bam. Yep. Know it. <laughs> yep. Check out our website. It's alternativeinterestpodcast.com interest Rate and review us on iTunes. Please. Apple Podcasts. Yes. ITunes. Kind of same thing. Yes. Yeah. I know I said iTunes I meant Apple Podcasts Apple Podcasts What? We actually we got a bad review That had me giggling the other day They said that we make fun of people in other towns Sure Uh, Yeah they were saying we make fun of people in small towns And I was trying to think back Of what we may have done And I I was talking to Taryn about this And I was like I don't think people realize that we grew up In a small town and that's why we know what it's like I
1: grew up In the if if you are from like Washington, mm-hmm. there's like the Tri-Cities area which is yeah. Richland, Kennewick and Pasco. Okay. I didn't grow up in Pasco. I grew up in a suburb of Pasco.
0: A suburb of a suburb. Of
1: yeah, Pasco. I grew up in a suburb of a suburb. There was like less than 50 houses in the, like, square that I lived in. Yeah.
0: So, like, we, I think if we make fun, if we sound like we make fun of people in small towns, it's because we know what it's like to live in a small town. Come on, guys. Or, like, for me personally, if I'm making, I know um, I made fun of rednecks a little bit in our Nicole White episode. I grew up a redneck, so, like, I, didn't I, grow up I, a redneck, earned, I earned that right.
1: I grew up around them all. <laughs> <laughs> I know what they're like.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I just thought that was a little funny. Hopefully, you guys can celebrate. I I have no idea how trick or treating is going to work this year. I don't either. I know I've heard several like church groups or like neighborhoods are doing like a cute trunk or treat. That's adorable. Um, yeah, be nice, compliment kids' costumes. It always yeah. it always bothers me when people don't like these kids are so excited to be dressed up as this. Like, get hyped with them.
1: Yeah, I dress up. Still, I get to dress up for work. I'm so happy. <laughs> I don't know if I'm working on Halloween, but
0: I mean, I could dress up too if I wanted. My my supervisor wants us to dress as gnomes.
1: Oh my god, please do.
0: Like, so we're he wants us to dress up as like one of the seven dwarves, <gasps> but we have to be like an anti-seven dwarf. Yeah. And we have to create our own name. So, can
1: you be like Grumpy? no way except
0: grumpy is a seven dwarf wait you said
1: anti-seven dwarf but like but still just be grumpy (laughs) i'll
0: I'll be some kind of grumpy probably (laughs) please that would make me so happy (laughs) contrary contrary oh you know i may do wednesday adams
1: that'd be be cute Oh, she's definitely freaking anti-happy everything. Yep. <laughs> That'd be perfect. That'd be great. I'm just debating on doing creepy or not creepy.
0: You could do like a cute creepy.
1: I could. I could do the... Uh, no. I don't know. I'll figure it out. Yep. It's fine. Anyway, guys.
0: Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. See ya. Bye. Bye.